All right. Well, we got Brian McWilliams on the line. Brian, how's it going, buddy? That's going well, man. You know, I'm just uh, doing what I can to get my ass outside during this whole shutdown. I was at the, actually went down to the beach today. That was lovely. I was able to drink with some friends at a park. Alcoholic beverages were involved and uh, got, actually a cop came up and talked to us, but did not cite us. Said that he had to be there just because some Karen called in the uh, the police to rat people out for drinking outdoors. But oh, overall, course. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you uh, came away from the police encounter with your uh, uh, with your whole body intact and you weren't ventilated. No, no, thank God. Not like uh, many of the people we're seeing go through the news. I'm trying to think that lady, uh, one of the one of the EMTs that got shot in that drug raid. Can't remember what her name is. Bridget, somebody. I'll think of it in a second. Damn, an EMT got shot during a drug raid? Yeah, it was. Uh, this is just really recently. Oh, let me try to find the story because I was reading through it in the emails that uh, that Howie sends out to us. And basically, yeah, Brianna, Brianna Taylor. Okay. So what happened? Yeah, this uh, this gal was at home with her either boyfriend or husband and they're in bed. And they like this happened on March 13th. So this is like pretty old, but the details are like coming out now and it's getting more attention now. But there's, of course, the war on drugs and these no-knock raids. Well, they got a no-knock raid warrant. They went in and, you know, busted these people's door in. And they lived in an apartment building. I guess they got one for an apartment and then also one for another residence, which is like next door. But this chick, no criminal history, is an EMT out there saving lives and helping people. And at 1 a.m., these cops come, kick the door in. And then you know, the boyfriend, he's like, what the hell? And he shoots. He like he says that they didn't announce themselves. They had no idea it was happening. For all they know is the door explodes inward. Yeah. And um, the, the boyfriend claims that they were, you know, they already had fired a shot when they kicked the door in, but he was shooting back because he didn't know what, what was happening. He hits a cop in the leg, and then they just go crazy and shoot everything in sight. Kill the woman. The guy, fortunately, did not get killed. But there's like, Bullets flying everywhere, up through the ceiling, out the windows, you know, through the walls. And there's people like living in the adjacent apartment buildings. They're like right. five-year-old kids, you know, that could have easily been killed. So it's just, it's just insane. I was just reading about it today. That is a crazy story. I don't think I've heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, man. it's it's brand spanking new. Like I'm definitely going to talk a little bit more about it on Electric Liberty Land yeah. uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. That that oh, man, apartment living and. Owning a gun, like me, as just you know, regular mundane pleb, and, and if I have an open fire in an apartment building, and my mm-hmm. bullet goes through the bad guy and then into the apartment next door and kills somebody, I'm responsible for that death. Yep. You know. Yeah. And where that bullet goes, you are responsible. And the cops don't seem to be responsible for anything. They tend to get yeah. away with uh, literally whatever they do. They can't be held accountable. You can't even sue them. Although I think that's being challenged in the Supreme Court now. Yeah, it definitely needs to be. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. Going through firearms training, like most of the good instructors will tell you, it's like, okay, now just remember every time you have to pull that trigger, just imagine nine angry, upset lawyers attached to that bullet wherever it goes. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, that man. That's, I I mean, I'm kind of, kind of gobsmacked on that one. Yeah, I know, man. Well, and again, hopefully, I mean, it, well, it's like it, it's hard to believe the stories, too. You say, OK, the cops are saying one thing. And naturally, no body cameras, even though you know, oh, it must not yeah, be one of, of the states that's requiring them. But of course, they don't have any body cameras. And the neighbors that were backing up the 
the surviving boyfriend's point of view, though, and said that they didn't hear any cops yelling. They didn't hear anyone uh, saying, hey, it's the police. Open up. They heard, yeah. no, you know, again, it's uh, called a no knock raid for a reason. But these people just came in, come in shooting and then, you know, bullet storm. Yeah. Well, there is a tactic of uh, taking a door off of its hinges using a shotgun. Uh, you just mm, blast the yep. hinges and then you can just kick the door right through. So that might've well, been the first gunshot that he heard. Yeah, it very well could be. And, and if that's the case, of course, these people, you're hearing gunshots and then your door flies open. What do you think these people's natural response is going to be? to that? Yeah. I'm I mean, I know fire. that's yeah. what my response would be. You know, I like, I literally just got my gun on the 10th. You now my first, first gun. So I have the pistol. Congratulations. And, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, it's all it's a long time coming. I feel I, I always felt so guilty talking about gun rights on the show and not having owned a gun. And I was just like, God, I got to get my gun, get my gun uh, rights in here. I got to have my money and my bullets where my mouth is. So finally, yes, I came exactly. around able to get one. But yeah, not, not, of course, bigger pain in the ass than it needed to be because of social distancing and California, <laughs> California being a pain in the ass. And then also because of the COVID stuff. The government's moving slower, so it took 15 days instead of the 10 days. It's just oh, yeah. Just a nightmare. Uh, well, you know, congratulations on your on your new purchase. Uh, they are a very addictive and very expensive habit. So, yeah, yeah, uh, that much. I, I'm sure I, I, you know, it's like I got the one and I'm like, well, now I need to go get my shotgun. And then, you know. yeah, people who get uh, tattoos have nothing on gun owners. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, what type of uh, gun did you get? Did you get a handgun, shotgun? Yeah, I got a handgun. I got a CZ-75. Uh, CZ is a manufacturer based in uh, Czech Re- Czechoslovakia. No, Czech Republic. The, uh, you had it right. Czech Repu- <laughs> I, it's like every time I do it, I, I always think I was going to say Czech Republic, and I was like, wait a minute. Do they <laughs> you have go to start doing the- that math. Yeah. God, it's like, I, and of course, I default to the wrong one because I outthought myself. Um yeah, sorry, Czech Republic. So it's the Czech Republic gun, and uh, but very good. You know, people say it's just outstanding, reliable firearm. Oh, yeah, and great pistol. Comes in at a, a far lower uh, price point than like I was looking at that or a Sig, and it was like three hundred dollars cheaper than the Sig. So I was like, well, yeah, Sigs are really. <laughs> very high priced, and I don't really see what all the buzz is. I've owned a few Sigs in my lifetime, and you, you either get like a the world's horriblest lemon Sig, or you get a great one that's going to mm. last for a long time. Yeah, so that's kind well, of a crapshoot. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly the opposite of what I want when I'm buying yeah. a, a firearm, especially something that you think would be fairly reliable. I mean, it's just you know a lot of them are steel frame or whatever, whatever it might yeah. be. And it's like, okay, good. The construction's pretty simple. The firing mechanism's pretty simple. The pieces are fairly simple. This should last a long time. Yeah, and if at nothing else, if you run out of ammo, that uh, CZ is made of entirely made out of steel, so you can just like throw yeah. it at somebody and kill them. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I, I'm going to do like a little home alone setup where I'm going to have, you know, so like the paint cans that Kevin McCallister had to swing down in his house. I'm just going to have an empty CZ that swings <laughs> exactly. down and hits people in the face when they try to come in. <laughs> and then completely take their head off, you know. It's a <laughs> yeah, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about not, not wanting to see people's faces. That's the only upside to this mask thing is I don't have to look at people's ugly mugs. And yeah. this will help take that take that problem another step forward. So that's a uh, quarantine win, right? A, a quarantine win? I don't know. Yeah. Trying to win it. for the team. <laughs> no, that's been uh it's been pretty funny watching everybody walk around with masks on and everything else and it's like, oh, come on guys. Yeah. Well, it's like there definitely is, I think. It, it, the mask thing has become a symbol of 
leftist, pure, I will buy into whatever the state says, or just anybody really, the statist mindset, I think, it really has taken that onus on (laughs) of these people that are doing it. It's like, for most part, it's just virtue signaling or saying like, look, I stand with these measures being taken. And I go out now, I don't wear a mask unless I'm going into a store, then I'll put it on. Just, you know, yeah. most of the stores require them no matter what. Yeah. But I was at the beach today. I'm walking outside. I'm not wearing a stupid mask. No. You know, like a lot of people, our friends, they were they had the masks on. Fine. Yeah. I'm not doing it. There's <laughs> no evidence to back up being outside in the fucking sunshine and the wind that you can even transmit it. Uh, so screw that. Yeah, it was a, I had a pretty good laugh. Uh, do you ever listen to uh, The Fighter and the Kid with uh, Brennan Chobb and uh, Brian Kellen? No, no, I haven't. Okay. So, uh, Brennan Chubb, former MMA uh, fighter, uh, he likes to go mountain bike riding up in the hills. So, the mm-hmm. other day, he came across a couple who were riding some horses, and they yelled at him. It's like, hey, you need to have your mask on. And apparently, the exchange got heated enough, like the boyfriend was like, yeah, yeah, next time you come out here, I better see a mask on you. And Brendan Schaub, you know, he's like 6'4 and 260 right. pounds, you know, former <laughs> MMA fighter. It was like, he was like, oh, oh, you want to go? He's like, yeah, I'll be back here tomorrow at 9 a.m. not wearing a mask because we're out here in the hills. There ain't nobody up here, buddy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, man, just imagine the stones on that guy. Uh, it's, well, it's, it's like people, people get this self-inflated sense of fucking righteousness over this oh, shit yes. where i mean i've gotten in fights on facebook about it with people and on twitter that just they, they feel so entitled and so like they're, yeah. they're like in their shining suit of armor that's impenetrable to anything because they're doing the state's bidding and repeating talking points that they didn't even know were accurate or not that they just they've been told this and now they think that they are the arbiters of who is good and moral for putting a <laughs> stupid piece of cloth across your fucking mouth it's like get the hell out of here my your own business i'll decide what my risk level is and yeah if i'm going to go somewhere where we're going we're going to be crammed together or you know let's say a supermarket i'll wear the mask to say fine i'll be considerate yeah. to you just in case we can transmit it within these confined spaces where we all need to be out of necessity but yeah. if i'm out doing if again if i'm outdoors if i'm not going to be close to you doing whatever get the fuck out of here yeah yeah, it's, uh, you know, even at first when they were saying, yeah, wearing a mask isn't really going to help because it'll go around, it'll go through. And, you know, most people right. are going to try and wear like a cloth mask. And yeah, so like well, even, they couldn't even keep their story straight on that one. No, well, even now, you know, after we've been wearing all these masks for this time, it, there's still little concrete evidence that the masks have done much at all. I mean, it's like, right. I mean, I guess I could understand that. It's better than nothing, and I, I'm sure to some extent it should be that it, it'll block some particles maybe if they're coming at you, I guess. But there's still no real evidence that it's stopping people. I mean, half the people that have been in the lockdown quarantine, like 60% plus of the people who go in for new cases have been at home, locked yeah. down. So who's to know how this thing spreads? But the thing that I'm worried about, and I was listening to, uh, I like selectively listen to Adam Carolla episodes based on what he's talking about and who the guests are. And he had in a guy that was essentially just saying that what the big fear we have to worry about now is a second rebound wave. And it's not because of opening up and allowing people to go out. That should have been happening already. Yeah. But you need to get to the point where enough people have had it that you're not going to get a massive second wave because all these people are sitting at home quarantined. So if you have people just interact in general again, when you do open it up, then you're going to have another wave of people getting sick because nobody's got fucking antibodies built up to this thing. Yeah, exactly. So um, it, that's pretty nuts. Like my, uh, my younger brother had it, he got over it 
And, uh, you know, they went and tested his immediate family and everybody's got antibodies already. So at some point, you know, during his little stint of having it, they were exposed, but didn't show any uh, symptoms and their bodies successfully fought it off. So, yeah, great. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) I I think everybody's overreaction to this has just been rather telling. It was like, man, this veil of civility that we all live under (laughs) is so thin. It And it's uh, definitely stressed. Yeah, man. But I mean, it's. It's it's just it's definitely stress and yeah it's just interesting to see the ways in which people the stress gets to people and how they break and it's, some people are taking it out on other people by by screaming at them for not following the rules and some of us are saying screw the rules we're just going to go out and live our lives because we're not meant to live like this yeah it's like look I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk going out there because I don't wear a mask and I don't wear gloves in public even in stores now yeah mm-hmm. I'm not going to get crowded up on you in a grocery store I will keep a little bit of yeah. a distance. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit there and, you know, walk the same way down the aisle. I'm just going to ignore all of that stuff. And it's really funny. I was pointing out to one of the store managers. I was like, look, you've closed off the second entrance exit to this place. And now you're having everybody go through the same entrance and exit. You know, mm-hmm. you've got a bottleneck of people right there. Come on. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Plus, you just think having another entryway and exitway is one more way for fresh air to get into the building, which is better than having the same stale air just just circulate regardless. Yeah. And that's even if this thing is true where it lasts on surfaces for, you know, a few days and Mm -hmm. then you come along and touch it and then put your hands on your face, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, So kind of ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, So I was uh, just reading a little bit before uh, catching on here, but it looks like uh, Justin Amash has dropped out. I know. I just saw that too. Uh, crazy. You know, it's like he, he comes in, throws the entire thing into disarray, does a bunch of interviews and then decides to drop out. It's like, yeah, really, you needed to to come in and, and, and fuck around for two weeks just yeah. to, to drop out. It's like if you're going to at this point, if you're going to come in this late, you just got to stay in. Yeah. You know, like it, put it in. You should have already decided that, yes, I'm going to do it because. He's talking about like I, I saw some some of the quotes from it. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I wanted wanted to see what it was going to be, and after gauging the the room and looking at the options as to whether or not a third party candidacy would be viable this election cycle, then I decided to drop out. Like, you should have had an idea of whether or not it'd be viable going in. I mean, I think we all know the realistic option. I don't think is to actually have a third party candidate win this cycle. I, I don't. I also don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think actually Trump's probably going to run away with it in a landslide. Yeah, uh, because I, Democrats so have I, yeah. made made his case for him basically. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think people see that they're being locked down. That the people that are that are the most authoritarian are the people that are on the left, and you're seeing that play out in a lot of these you know a lot of these different governors that are making the most draconian and insane, just absurd movements are all on the left and you're going to see people get sick of being locked in, inside and being told what to do. They're seeing the amount of debt that's going up. They're seeing how people are wedging in these other bullshit issues. They see how people are trying to push the climate agenda on top of all of it. So if you're an, a, an independent or if you're a conservative, you're not going to even flirt with the left as a consideration. It's just going to be easy to say, nope, we're going for another four years of Trump, screw that and move along. And then of course you've got Joe Biden running against him who continues to fuck up. And, you know, it's, and Trump can just hit him over the head with this sexual assault allegation. Biden can respond and say, well, you got it. You had something happen to you, too. And Trump will just say, yeah, they're all gone. Where are they now? Yeah. I've been in, you know, they all came out of the woodwork. They all went away. So what do you think happened there? What, do you think that was political? Because obviously it was. Yeah. But you need to address this. And, you know, he just 
remind people constantly of it. It's like when he brought uh, a true stroke of genius, but brought the accusers of Bill Clinton for being a, the sexual molesting monster that he was to sit in the debate behind him. Like he had him sprinkled in the crowd to remind Hillary Clinton that she's married to a rapist. Yeah, the the, uh, the picture of Bill Clinton, like looking at one of them with that shocked and surprised look on his face will be priceless yeah. forever. Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah, unlike <laughs> the... Um, the you only, know, the only bigger look of surprise on Bill Clinton's face is the first time he tried to have sex with Hillary and uh, saw her dick. <laughs> and that it was bigger than his. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's got to be something. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, with the mosh like, dropping out, I was like, I was like, you just got in there. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you're going to be playing to a tough crowd. Yep. Exactly. I mean, maybe he maybe he expected more people in the LP to just blindly roll over and accept it. Yeah. And and I think that had he not had the Trump derangement syndrome and had he not come out and had some very questionable remarks about gun control uh, and, and protesters having armed themselves so recently, he may have had an easier time. But regardless, at the end of the day, I still think he would have gotten the nomination had he pushed through with it. And I think it would have been fairly easy for him to do so even with Bill, Bill Weld and Gary Johnson in people's minds. Right. So uh, as you know, a, a clear example of a GOP side party coming into the libertarian and then not being able to express the viewpoints and just being awful and being run rushshod in the election. But again, you know, it's like he would have had the nomination. He could have run third party. He should have known ahead of time that he wouldn't have a chance of winning this cycle and not fucked around and wasted everybody's time. Yeah. So. I mean, when you come I'm, into I'm, the I'm very aggravated with Justin Amash at the moment. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you come into this, uh, you have to understand, yeah, the third party isn't going to win. Um, but you yeah. can do your damn best to educate folks and get the right. message yeah, out exactly. There. Educate and try to expand the voter base for next time. You know, try to expand ballot access for next time. You know, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of very good reasons to continue to run. And at this point, I also wonder if he's going to, you know, is he saying, screw it, you know, I'm just going to focus on my re-election campaign. Because that also is probably a worry for him, whether whether or not if when he loses, if he's going to be able to have that seat and very difficult to run both uh, concurrently for a president and a senator campaign. I'm sorry, a, uh, a congressional campaign. And now time for a break. Right here in the middle of the show. Harry Chussman out. Hey, y'all, before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine, P-O-V dot PorcupinePodcast.com. All right, kids, and we're back. Yeah, it's, um, that, I mean, that whole thing is just, uh, it was pretty crazy to begin with, because uh, as soon as he said he was going to become an independent, I was like, okay, well, he's either going to talk to some people at the Libertarian Party to, to figure that out, uh, or he just may run again as an independent, but forming yeah. this whole exploratory committee and then coming into it and kind of half-assing it a little bit and then bowing out right when the, you know, right when he was going to start having some debates, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Mine as well. I, I do wonder if he'll run as libertarian or independent when he goes back though. I, you'd think, after he, I mean, he did join the libertarian party. So hopefully he maintains that, that moniker because even though, even with all this recent bullshit with the presidential campaign, he still is, one of the best by far, as far as uh, somebody in the House of Representatives to uh, to get the job done and defend the ideals a little bit better than the average the average bear. So hopefully he keeps that up. Um, I do also. I'm curious. I didn't. I really heard him address the General Flynn stuff going on, but 
you'd think after he defended what was going on and, and came out with Trump and said, oh, yeah, he should be impeached for this, even though he was a fan of impeaching him for obstruction, which I thought was insane. Yeah. But having backed up this obviously sham investigation that was, you know, kickstarted by Hillary Clinton, that the Obama administration clearly knew about and clearly was totally OK with intentionally fucking Trump even after he won and, and getting to the White House and obstructing yeah. his ability to function. You'd have, you would have hoped Justin Mosh would have said, you know what? I was a little wrong on that, but I guess if he's thinking he's trying to draw people from the left, if it, if he was actually going to go through the presidential campaign, that would be his big calling card to them is I left the GOP because yeah. fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, you can shout orange man bad all you want, but yeah. uh, you know, this whole thing is basically, basically proved that the, uh, has proved Michael Malice true. That's uh, the corporate press are the enemy of the people. So, I mean, you can, oh, of course, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Not the, a doubt. this whole thing is like, well, you know, he had prostitutes pee on him. I was like, okay, the, except for the fact that the man is a germaphobe. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we can ask Howie Mandela if he's ever had a prostitute piss on him. I'm well, they, thinking, they do uh, say that sterile, that uh, urine is sterile when it comes out. Of, oh, sorry, sterile. Urine <laughs> is sterile. I got distracted because there's an Amazon uh, truck pulling up and I was like, shit, my dog's going to howl at it and uh, mess up the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be sterile anyway. So really, if there's one sexual act that a German show for would be into, I think it would be being peed on. <laughs> more so that than anything having to do with other bodily fluids, which are far more German. Yeah, it's a germy. Yeah. God, I can't talk right now. I, was, I, I literally woke up from a nap. I like I was so beat. Woke up from a nap like right before we talked. Because I was a couple minutes late. I was like getting my, my wits about me. And now it's still clearly not returned fully. Like <laughs> half of my mouth is still stuck in dreamland. <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever I was doing, clowning Mount Everest made of, uh, of discarded condoms. That would seem like it would be a lot more difficult than actually climbing Mount Everest. Very slippery. Yeah, very I slippery. So, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that snow? Oh <laughs> <laughs> no! Don't eat the yellow, especially don't eat the yellow snow here. <laughs> if anywhere, that's not lemon. Yeah. Uh, so, um. So we got the whole mash thing going on. Um, so the, uh, I think the Libertarian Party has actually decided they were going to uh, do an online convention, or have they uh, actually decided on a time and place yet? Because you're well, probably a little I more know, plugged into it than I am. Yeah, because I, I am a delegate, so I've been getting a lot of delegate emails to test the voting out, to test a live convention over Zoom, which just seems like it would be an absolute nightmare to me. Okay. So there, I think right now they're still trying to push forward with doing it virtually. And um, yeah, it's just, I think it's just going to be absolutely horrible. Mostly <laughs> because, you know, you've got the whole Robert's Rules of Order thing, which just makes it you know, a very laborious prog progress uh, or trying to get any progress as far as pushing forward, eliminating candidates and getting everything done. Yeah. It's just miserable. So I don't know. I plan on getting good and drunk during it. I'll tell you that much. It's probably going to be about six hours of nonstop bullshit before we finally get a result. And uh, if nothing else, it'll be interesting fodder, I'm sure, to talk about for the uh, in the coming days. Oh, yeah. That was a... it's, it's supposed to happen, I think, like, uh, God, it might even be next Saturday. Oh, for like this little online thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is, actually. I think it is on the 23rd. Yeah, because I had gotten a notification on Facebook that the... Um... That the convention little event thing had been canceled, so I was like, "Oh, yeah." I guess they finally decided. Well, now they, <laughs> well, they they canceled it, and then they now they rebooked it for I think July or or June in uh, in Orlando. So it's still going on, but it's now it's not going to be for president, vice president. It's going to be general business. I'm not 
sure if they're doing the chair votes or not there. Yeah. Uh, actually, you notice it's the 22nd. It's Friday. It's the Friday of um, Memorial Day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a I was a delegate at the 2018 co- uh, convention, um, mm-hmm. and the Roberts rules and the parliamentary crap uh, this is like grates on my nerves because this is not how human beings talk to each other. But I can see how no. it, how it would work for a large group. But at the same time, it's like right. I was like, okay, let's stop filing motions and <laughs> wasting everybody's time, yeah. you know. And then we yeah. still ended up not getting everything done that we were supposed to get done. So it was. Yeah, that too left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully because it's pretty laser focused on just the, uh, I think, just the presidential stuff, it'll go a little faster and then they can do all that other crap at yeah. the convention in person. Yeah, good old uh, bylaws and <laughs> platform. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that I'm not going to be actively participating though, other than just waiting and clicking clicking a vote. That's about the extent of my intent to uh, take part in it vocally uh, and we're not going to do any point, points of order or point of privilege or anything like that <laughs> no nope, no points of goddamn privilege here man <laughs> oh thank you it's like i'm white and male i'm privileged enough as it is man <laughs> <laughs> i can always use more privilege though don't get me wrong i will always take more privilege if it is, uh, if it is offered because i'm not going to say no yeah <laughs> yeah that's a, that's pretty crazy but um yeah. Yeah, if anybody hasn't uh, been to a convention, uh, I guess maybe not this time, but uh, the next one that rolls around, uh, they're definitely fun uh, when you're not a delegate on the floor. So, I mean, there's just so many people there. And that was going to be my main reason for going. Uh, that and Childerberg, that uh, is still mm-hmm. going to go on in Austin. I don't see how, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how either. Because Childerberg's coming right up. I mean, that's like this oh, yeah. weekend, right? Or next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah, so I don't know either, man. I mean, I guess maybe the campsite's isolated enough that they're not concerned about it. But originally, we were planning on going to Childerberg as well as the convention, just getting an Airbnb and uh, and going out from there. But yeah, I don't know. I saw some people still buying tents and very intent on going. So you're gonna, you're definitely gonna go. Uh, no, I can't make it this time. Um, just kind of it being in between jobs and then finally getting a new job down here in Baton Rouge again. So I was like, I won't be able to make it. So they've yeah. actually changed the location uh, now. So it's not going to be at that same park in Austin. It's going to be at a different one. It's a oh, okay. mule shoe uh, recreational area. Hmm. But okay. yeah, so they still have the same number of uh, campsites and still taking place on uh, May the 23rd to the 26th. So Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, I was talking to somebody um, that just said, was it you? No, I don't I don't think it was you. Somebody I was talking to said that they had just gotten a uh, an email or notification about Porkfest too. And that Porkfest was happening. I have not gotten an email about it yet, but I think yeah. that was supposed to be happening in June. Yeah, as far as I know, Porkfest uh, wasn't going to get delayed or anything. At least I don't think. But yeah, uh, that might that might be a question for old uh, Roger Paxton. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he's involved in it or not right now because I I know he had been readjusting his priorities. I think to take care of some personal stuff or some work stuff or something like that. Because I know like. You know, he hasn't done his podcast in you know, quite some time, and I haven't seen him active on Facebook or uh, or social that much either. So, yeah, keeping a sure, low profile. Sure. Yeah, I know. I got to see what old Rogers up to. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he. Pro- I think he pulled out after running it for a couple of years. I think he. Number one, I think he was a little bit burned out on it. Ah, okay. But um, let somebody else yeah, handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't know. I have to see what's happening. I don't. I don't think we're going to go though. We had almost after going for two years in a row. 
I think we had already kind of said, ah, you know what? That's good. We're going to take a little time off with the other stuff going on anyway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, sometimes also, also I got like a three-year-old. Or, or, yeah. And I, I have a three-month-old at home too. So my wife would not appreciate me just randomly deciding to go <laughs> off uh, without an official, any official business to take care of. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to be back in a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, literally. You know, it's like at least four days because you lose, lose a couple of days just traveling. Yeah. It's like, have fun with that, uh, with that baby screaming in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Well, the lucky thing for me is that my wife just decided that she does not feel like getting up and going to get, you know, to feed the baby so many times a night and she'll do the bottle yeah, sometimes. But fortunately for me is I just, I've been able to just to, uh, to keep my sleep right now because she's sleeping in the baby's room. So she can just kind of roll out of bed and grab her and feed her and then put her back down. So right. I'm getting a uh, very lucky and I'm very happy about the way that's all worked <laughs> out, obviously. Yeah, that didn't work out so much with uh, my little girl. We we kind of took turns every now and then. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, okay, she's crying again. All right, it's like, all right, I'll get up. Yeah, I, I offered. Don't get me wrong. I I have offered to do it with my with my wife, but again, with <laughs> with her sleeping in the room, because it's like the bed's a little too small for both of us to be in there. So right. yeah, it's just the way it is. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the baby whisperer, so I was able to get her back to sleep pretty quickly. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow, I just said Fred Willard died. Fred Willard? He was the guy. Yeah, Fred Willard passed away. He was the guy that I remember most from uh, the Christopher Guest movies at Best yeah. in Show. Yeah. Yeah, that, so he, I guess, just passed away. I don't think he had COVID or anything like that. Probably just old, I would imagine. Yeah, he was He was 82. Man, he was that I old? I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, I yeah, didn't that's... realize he was that Oh, wait, at 86. Wait, this is saying he died. Oh, no, it's 86. Yeah, he was up there. Man, he was, yeah, really up there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, well, well, no, he was, people die when they get old. Yeah, that's just what especially. happens. Yeah, he was uh, one of my favorites because uh, he had that dry, you know, I'm going to give it to you deadpan joke type right. of guy. He was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, that's always like my best. He's like, he can deliver just such a funny line and just keep a straight face with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. There's not that many people that can pull that off. So mm-hmm. it's actually a very tough, uh, tough skill to master. Yeah, well, let's say you know, it's like a lot of comedic actors are able to do drama so easily because it is, it, you know, doing comedy is so much harder than doing drama, and, and because <laughs> when you can deliver a drop dead line, you know, not not really twitch your face and and deliver it stone cold, then it makes going to drama where you just have to uh, adopt that similar stone coldness or over emote the sad way. I think it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, you have to do it. The timing's not as crucial. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's still beats that you have to hit in drama. It's just um, with comedy, it's a little bit harder, you know, especially when I did it in the early 2000s. Uh, there was many times where I would like start chuckling and breaking up at my own jokes. That's never a good look. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, like, that's what you had to do now, though. I mean, we're, we're all we're all socially confined. So laughing at your own jokes now more than ever is acceptable. Yeah, especially when you have a tough audience like my family who don't laugh at any of my jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my I'll get my wife up fifty percent of the time. The other fifty percent, she just rolls her eyes and shakes her head sadly. <laughs> yeah, with mine, it's like ninety ten, maybe. <laughs> get a lot more eye rolls and <sighs> get that little number. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, eye rolls keep a relationship fresh. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> yes, uh, you got to keep the uh, the wife happy in other areas. It's just maybe not so much on your joke telling skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jokes are for the teller, goddammit. Fuck the <laughs> audience. 
Oh yeah, I love doing life bits with people too. That that's always the greatest thing ever. You're doing what kind of bits? Oh, life bits where you're just uh, walking around in public and you know you just make a little comment to somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then part time driving for Uber, I get to do the got to do those life bits quite a bit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the so you're the kind of Uber guy that I hate that talks to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> most of the time I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. I kind of have to you know you know read the audience a little bit. So yep. If they're getting in the car and they're already kind of chuckly and everything else, I, I may throw a couple little little, little uh, burner jokes at them. Yeah, that's so that's fine. It's like I, half the time I get an Uber, I don't know if it's my face or what. I always say, hey, how you doing? You know, it just looks a uh, hi. I don't really want to know how they're doing. It's just a greeting. And uh, even if I look like shit, yeah, I'll be hungover or tired or, or drunk. And then yeah, somehow we just end up talking and talking. And talking. Like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, I, for the most part, I'll keep my mouth shut. It's like at the at the beginning, I'm just going to confirm who you are and where you're going, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then if you're yep. talking after that, I might engage a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things to do is just come up with different accents. So when you're driving around here down the south, people really, really hate New York accents for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So when you get it, I was like, "Oh yeah, you're going down to the bar, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, no. Yeah, that's always fun. But, Too many uh, memories of the of the Civil War and the uh, the New York accents coming down, taking all your crops and freeing all your slaves, <laughs> yeah, burning an entire city to the ground. Yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. That thing tends to resonate. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's always a really funny uh, foreign accents. They almost kind of expect it. It's like okay, yeah, this guy you know doesn't live here normally, so <laughs> that's also a good way to keep people to you know shut up for for the fifteen yeah. minutes they're going to be in my car. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but the other thing I got was the uh, people who are instantly comfortable with strangers and don't mind telling them like all of their dirty secrets or medical issues. That's yeah, you know, there. Yeah, I've I've also had Uber drivers tell me like I have this one Uber driver. She's telling me about her mother's medical issues on and on and on. And I was like, oh, this is just awkward. You know, it's like I don't know you, and you're telling me all these things, and now I'm supposed to be providing empathy and I'm supposed to be so moved and sorry for you. I'm like, but I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know your mom. I'm not kidding. Like, what do you want? Tears back here? Like, uh, it sucks for you. I guess maybe it's a way to get a better tip out of it, you know, pull on the heartstrings, but yeah. man, it's fucking annoying. I don't even know this shit. You're ruining my day, bitch. <laughs> it's more like cringe inducing for me. It's like, Oh, I, I don't need to know that you're going to go have a gallstone removed. I, I don't know you. You're right. <laughs> Even if you were my cousin, I I still don't need to know this information. Just let me know that you're yeah. okay afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's like some people just overshare everything no matter what. And yeah. some people undershare. Like I have friends that undershare stuff where like I, my one buddy, like his sibling died. And he's like one of my best friends in the world. Sibling died. I had no idea until I see like a picture posted on Instagram. Uh, you know, like very little context, just uh, you know, sharing a picture of like, the burial stone. And I was just like, like what? Okay. I guess I got to play a little catch up on this thing because he didn't mention it at all. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just, although I guess I prefer that more than the people who go and write epically long, you know, in memoriams to people well after the day, like every time that their birthday comes up after they're dead every single year. And, yeah. you know, just and at that point, it just becomes very self-serving to me. And it's like, okay, Give me some likes. It's like, yeah, I, I know you miss your family member, man, but Jesus Christ, you're making it all about you rather yeah. than about them. You know, the general public doesn't need to see 
your two page long Facebook post with 17 pictures every goddamn year at this day. You know, uh, I will expect it like the first birthday, like afterwards or the first death anniversary afterwards. But after that, I mean, yeah, keep it, keep it right. to yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know for when people die, for me, I know if it's a dog or if it's a person, if it's somebody that was important, I might post a short, very short message just saying, by the way, this happened. Uh, thank you in advance for your condolences. You know, yeah. un- it's unnecessary to reach out. If you must do so, go ahead. But I feel like I'd rather just be left the fuck alone for the most part. Because it's like every time somebody reaches out to you and talks, oh, so sorry, it just reminds <laughs> you again. Like, I don't. For me, expressing condolences, me, it's like you got to do it. Obviously, maybe some people do appreciate it and it makes them feel better. But I don't know. For me, I just think it'd be weird. I just yeah. feel like, leave me alone, please. Just leave me alone to grieve. Yeah. I, I don't need that kind of catharsis. You know, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right. Well, I guess we're uh, fastly approaching that hour. Uh, do you have any uh, plugs you want to drop here? Well, I, I say you got you got ten minutes more if you want, but uh, well, just obviously you know, Lions of Liberty is our show. I know you had uh, John Odermatt on here. Hopefully, my episode will publish before his, just to really stick it up his ass. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, with John and Odermatt and Mark Clare, we do our Lions of Liberty show, and uh, that's our variety show, the greatest and probably longest running libertarian variety show out there. And I do Electric Liberty Land, which is my Wednesday, look at culture, <laughs> excuse me, culture, comedy, and COVID right now. Yeah. <laughs> COVID dominates the goddamn news. Um, but yeah, so we're just, we're doing that. You know, I, uh, we're hoping to get a little bit more speaking gigs. And I just was involved with the free market road show. I did a interesting discussion with a couple of Europeans and, uh, and an American about intellectual property and how that plays out in a free culture society, you know, putting out free memes and free comedy and free podcasts as we do. And, uh, just getting into a little bit more of property rights and the yeah. value. So that was an interesting talk. And uh, I shared that in the Lions of Liberty. So people can check that out as well. And hopefully when COVID's gone, I'll be flying to Europe and I'll have more to talk about. But for now, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Go over to the oh, Czech and, Republic. Wait a minute, there. And don't yeah. forget to check out do nothing, man, yes. my libertarian superhero, which has, uh, he has got his own YouTube channel. We're, we're getting it up and running. Well, it's it, the content's there, but we need more people to follow it. Yep. And uh, and share it. So that would be one thing to check out as well. Yeah, definitely check it out. If for nothing else, you know, my buddy Nikki P did the theme song. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly right. And Johnny Adams is supposed to be re-recording the narration for the latest episode this weekend. So yeah, have a little bit uh, more voice differentiation. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be cool to have Johnny on there. Yeah, uh, Johnny uh, Rocket's uh, old husky uh, drawl that he has. Got to love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thanks a lot for uh, playing along. Uh, definitely uh, hope uh, everything gets uh, better over there in uh, California, A. Eh? Yeah. It doesn't yeah, seem well, like it's going to get better anytime soon. But uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I have I have small hopes because we were supposed to have three more months lockdown per the uh, the mayor. And I got in some Facebook fights about that, too, with the, with these virtual signaling imbeciles. But for the most part, it looked like the vast majority of people – uh, rapidly gave the middle finger to whatever they were watching when this news broke and were very pissed off. Social media blew up. His office got a bunch of calls of people saying, fuck no. And now he's walked that back and said, oh, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just see. It's not going to be all the way open to normal until there's a, a uh, vaccine, which is just fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, but, you tell that to yeah. the citizens that they'll be out doing it's, stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be two years before we have a vaccine. And by that point, it might have mutated into something different anyway, as viruses yeah. are wont to do. So, yeah. yeah, it's just stupid. But it looks like it's going to be a little bit more freer uh, quickly. And some of the restaurants are opening up and, you know, able to eat with spacing. And you're able to do a little bit more shopping. And some stores are able to open up and do curbside stuff. So we'll see, man. It's all it's all moving far too slowly. You know, I, I, the virus needs to move more quickly to give us herd immunity. The uh, But the lockdowns still remain. So, mm. Yep. Uh, you definitely can't have a mayor coming out, seeing his shadow, getting a, getting afraid of it and saying, oh, three more months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, thanks for having me on the show, man. I have uh, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and bringing our voices in to be heard. Uh, not a problem. Not a problem. Anytime. Uh, so, yeah, this was a fun one. Uh, Brian, take it easy. We'll uh, catch you around the Internet. OK. All right, buddy. Sounds good. You too, man. All right. OK. And there he goes, folks. Brian McWilliams. Electric Liberty Land, Lions of Liberty, Do Nothing Man. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, check out all those uh, down in the show notes. Uh, we'll have the, all of that linked so that you don't have to go to DuckDuckGo or StartPage.com to go look for it. You don't have to go search Brian Mick Williams. And don't, don't spell Mick, M-I-C-K. That's not how you do it. It's M-C, capital W. Anyways, uh, also, while you're down there in the show notes, uh, i got several ways if you want to uh, give a little bit back to the show. Uh, I got the Patreons, the Subscribe Stars, the Bitbacker. Oh, nope, not Bitbacker, because the website hasn't worked in months. <laughs> Instead, you can direct all that attention over to float.app, and uh, I got an account over there. Uh, also, if you uh, you know don't really want to do it that way, uh, I've also got PayPal and Cash App and everything else on there. Um, or you can just go to my Twitter account if you have the Brave browser, and you can tip my tweets. I, I've actually received a few of those, so... Which I which I find amazing. But nobody ever says that they do it, so I can give you a shout-out on the show. That's okay. Keep your secrets. Uh, but also, if you don't want to do that, I also have merch available at the teespring.com store uh, forward slash rubble with a cause podcast. Got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, even a little hat that says, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Um, but anyways, guys, uh, take it easy. We'll come back at you next time with another episode of Ribble with a Cause. Out. <laughs>